at his passion fruits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Passion Fruits, a passion project for passionate people. I'm your nectarine nerd, Adam. <laughs> and I'm your hair of the dog, Daniel. Oh, woo! <laughs> oh man. And today we have two fantastic guests here on the podcast. Uh, uh, we we do, Adam. But what first? What is a podcast, and what is our podcast? Oh yeah, uh, we should probably explain what the heck we're doing here. Um, I'm so excited. A a podcast is like the radio for the internet, the internet radio, if you will. And on this podcast, uh, in this internet radio show, we talk and explore into many different subjects, uh, nouns, verbs, adverbs, if you will, and mm-hmm. discuss what takes someone from being a casual fan of something to be any more yeah. passionate uh, or fanatic about that noun, verb, or adverb, or adjective even, yeah. uh, if you will. So we really like to dive dive a little bit deep, uh, talk to people, learn their story, and uh, mm. really discover what makes people tick. Like soap operas. They're my stories, and <laughs> we're going to get some other stories from people. <laughs> so, Oh, boy. <sighs> Our guests have already uh, uh, left the yeah, hot see, recording I, studio. I see they've dropped uh, off the Zencaster call. <laughs> yeah, this was fun, guys. It's just you and me, Adam. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Anyways, let's introduce our guest, Daniel. I'll yes. try this for the second time thus far. <laughs> uh, let's see. Because you're higher up on the list, Lauren, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, sure. I am the lovely lychee Lauren. Well, or lychee because it didn't sound right when I said lychee. <laughs> um, I uh, am excited to talk about some bike packing and adventure riding and some backpacking and some just adventures. Fantastic. Pleasure to have you on the podcast, Lauren. And then Liz, last but not least. Hi, I, um, I did not have time to come up with a funny fruit and Lauren took the only one that I know with an L besides lime i'm definitely not a lime so hi i'm lemon? liz uh, i'm really excited about, to... yeah lemon <laughs> oh yeah lemon, liz lemon. Lime. wait a second yeah. that's 30 rounds oh, nice. that i don't partake in often <laughs> anyways um I'm, I'm excited to uh to talk about backpacking because i've been slightly obsessed with it for the better part of a decade now nice Awesome. Yeah, so this episode is going to be dedicated to uh, Liz and Lauren and their love and passion for backpacking and bikepacking. Um, so yeah, let's kind of dive right into it. I guess in our outline, it starts first with backpacking. So who would like to start first? What is backpacking? Do you want me to read the Wikipedia? Whatever you want to do, Liz, give your own, get, make it your own words, you know, okay. really paraphrase for us. Well, to me, backpacking, it, it can be a lot of different things. A lot of people, you know, consider it different things. Um, I think the, when you boil it down, it's always putting stuff in a bag and going into the woods for a, a duration longer than a, than a day hike. Um, usually you're packing something to sleep with, some food, and you at least intend to spend at least one night out there, sometimes multiple. 
you know, there's, there's people like, like, um, the through hikers that do the whole AT and then there's other people that just do the weekend hike. So it, it can kind of be anything, but it's usually farther into the woods and you can get with just, um, a day hike and some sandals. Yeah. Usually backpacking, you sometimes go out into the back country where you get away from civilization and, um, it can involve mountains, it can involve lakes, it can involve creeks, it can in, even involve the ocean. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I, think that's, I, oh, I think that's called swimming. I think that's a paddle trip. <laughs> you, <but> I, <laughs> you truly haven't backpacked then, Adam. <laughs> I, get, I guess I haven't, Daniel. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Liz. Well, and and I'm going to add on to that and say that it doesn't have to be just going out into the woods. You can do backpacking um, and do urban uh, backpacking and exploration where, by definition, you are traveling around a location with just a backpack, Um, but that's what you've got. So day-to-day, you're still going. You might be staying at hostels. You might be staying at different locations, um, different couches, but you still are carrying your wares on your back in your backpack, not necessarily de- definition per se, but um, just going around and, and living off of what you have with you. Excellent yeah. point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lauren. Got- um, Lauren, that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just mediocre. <laughs> uh, medium point, okay? <laughs> I'll try to I'll, I'll try to be sharper next time. Can't get you feeling too high and mighty. Then you'll take over this podcast for me and Adam. Uh, so. That's the pl- oh wait what? No, damn it, <laughs> Liz. We can't be too obvious too soon. I already right. have one of the microphones. <laughs> oh no, Daniel! Dang it! They tricked us. They never I was supposed to give her the. I was supposed to give her the fake one, the dribble microphone. Whoa! <laughs> when you try and take a sip out, sip of water out of it, it dribbles. <laughs> oh boy! I don't know where, where that was going. Yeah, this is why. Yeah, this is why we do this late at night, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So, and also, we're talking about bike packing. So, Lauren, would you like to? T- and Liz, would you like to talk about bike packing? Well, sure. Um, I think similarly to backpacking. Bikepacking can also have multiple connotations. Um, I would tend to, my paradigm of bikepacking has been maybe more adventure riding, um, but where, again, where you have all of your goods, all of your things with you that you just travel around and you go out and live, sleep where you're at and pack up and go to the next destination the next day. So I would say that has been my experience. Um, One of the adventures that I've been on was Ragbri. Um, I won't get too far into that, but I would almost consider that bikepacking. It's not necessarily, um, and I'm sure true bikepacking enthusiasts would very much disagree with that as (laughs) bikepacking, but but we packed up. I rode from place to place and slept in a tent or hammock each night, and rinse and repeat until you got to the final destination. Um, But alternatively, you could find an off the beaten trail. You could go find any of these old canal trails and just uh, go place to place. Again, sleeping where you're at, carrying what you have, eating either off the land or the gas station that you come across. Yeah, I think think bikepacking kind of has just the 
the general sense of adventure riding, like like she's like she's been saying, the big bike packing kind of rides that I have been you know looking into are the big ones across the country and um, you know the Continental Divide and things like that. They're but they're much like you know Ragbri, where you know Ragbri goes across Iowa, like she was um, referring to. And by the way, nobody can give you any crap for a, a bike packing ride that involves so much pie. That's just wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, but. It, it's the same thing. You you pack up, you ride to the next destination, you camp, and you're you're just surviving on your own. That's that's the beauty and the um, the challenge of it. I think it's one one point is bike packing has kind of the definition of which has morphed from bicycle touring, and like this mm-hmm. is in our Wikipedia page. But I think the the broader listening audience, all you know, out of the billions of listeners that we have, right. um, <laughs> they'll probably more identify with bicycle touring because I, bike packing is interesting because I associate it, associate it a little bit more with off road riding, mm-hmm. uh, whereas bike like the delineation that in my mind, which uh, that's a it's a pretty low bar, but in, 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 <laughs> oh, my, in my mind, like the bicycle tourists were like kind of on road uh, type type touring, whereas bike packing is more off road gravel. I have a bunch of friends that that do bike packing, but like on single track mountain bike trails kind of thing. So, but. I think they're all one and the same. And as both Liz and Lauren stated beforehand, it's all about this whole sense of uh, adventure riding and riding not necessarily for uh, for a competition or for like everyday recreation, but like to go somewhere. See things. Exactly. And kind of related to our gravel cycling episode with a good friend of the podcast, Jeff, talking about his experience with gravel cycling and that's kind of bicycle touring was kind of the forefather of gravel bikes and gravel cycling and all these long gravel rides that have kind of morphed into bike packing and bicycle touring in the uh, the 21st century, the future. So yeah, well, thank you so much, uh, Liz and Lauren, Lauren and Liz, for the definitions and explanations of bikepacking and backpacking. Shall we dive into Storytime and Cocoa Corner and kind of hear how both of you got into backpacking and bikepacking? Yeah. And your hopes and dreams for Sounds both? Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a very short episode. It's a real short <laughs> podcast. Right, yeah, we're done. <laughs> nice chat. Good chatting. Talk to you soon. Yeah, good talking to you guys. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, let's start with uh, backpacking because I think that's I think all of us collectively, all four of us talking right now have I'd say have a little more history with backpacking than bikepacking. So we'll we'll start with Lauren. Um, what first got you into backpacking? And kind of tell us a little bit about you know was it childhood events that that you like kind of childhood activities that you grew up with it or did you find it later on in life? To give give us give us the 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 situation. Yeah. So we grew up, um, I am from Connecticut originally. We grew up camping. Um, Our family vacations, um, there were five of us. We would all load up into the family van and road trip, essentially. Um, We would go into Canada at the time. Um, You didn't need to have passports. So I just remember we would go up quite often up to the maritime provinces, New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island, um, Nova Scotia. And 
go and camp there. And so I think that's where the adventure started. So doing tenting and there was always an adventure. There was one time where we forgot our tent poles in Connecticut and we didn't figure that out until we went to set up the tent. Oh, I don't know, eight o'clock at night once we arrived there. Oh yeah. So what, what happened with that, Lauren? Um, (laughs) We learned about uh, a store called Canada Tire. Um, yeah. It basically had everything. Yeah, you know Canada Tire? Yeah, I went yes. into one when I was up in Toronto <laughs> because right. I was like, oh, it's it's like a it's like a just tires. Like, nope, yeah, it's nope. like Walmart. It's like Walmart. <laughs> That's wow. exactly what it was. It's so we no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was Canada Tire. Who would have thunk it that we would have been able to find tents in Canada Tire? So we we grew up doing that. We grew up tenting, um, always on campgrounds. Um, I never ended up going officially backpacking until I was in college. Um, I went out with my brother and his girlfriend at the time, um, and we did a backpacking trip out in, by then I had moved down to North Carolina. Um, and so we went out to the North Carolina mountains, out to Pisgah National Forest, um, and ended up going to Looking Glass and decided to, we were going to go backpacking out there. So I think I rented some equipment um, from the rec center and he was able to bring the rest of it from his university rec center. Um, And we went out, we went out backpacking for a three-day adventure. And I think I just remember loving the adventure of it. It was cold. Um, We got to the top and we camped uh, somewhat at a camp spot, uh, campsite somewhat towards the top. And all night long, I could just hear the coyotes all around. And there was a sense of it was on one hand terrifying. On the other hand, it was exhilarating knowing that we were up there just out in nature and hiked back down and that was it. Um, and at that point I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. I think there was a sense of empowerment that really got me excited about doing it. Okay. You know what? I could, I could be out here. I don't have to be stuck in my four walls. I think there was a freedom that came with that. And just that sense of adventure, it definitely, it spoke to the get out and go of my personality, go make it happen, go do, go explore. And I think that was probably where I ended up deciding, I think I could be into this. You've had some pretty awesome trips as of late, Lauren, but I would Mm -hmm. like for Liz to talk to kind of how she got into it. And then I have a follow-up question for both of you all. Yes. Oh my God. Sure. Um, I go listening to Lauren's story and um, felt like I don't have nearly as cool of an an origin story. (laughs) Um, We didn't uh, camp when I was a child. My my dad didn't believe in tents. He thought that they were uh, too much of a fuss with four kids. So we had a motorhome. Um, That was my camping when I was a child. Um, But before or when uh, not including the camping, I would, I would always play in the woods. We had about 200 acres of family land that we had built a house on. So I could wander in the woods for hours and never be off of my family's land. And that's kind of how I got hooked with just being in the backcountry and exploring, not knowing, um, you know, what I would see next and that sort of thing. Um, I never really camped camped until I got into college and uh, met Stephen, and he invited me to do a um, a twenty four hour mountain bike race called the Burn Twenty Four Hour, which was in uh, Wilkesboro, North Carolina. They're not having it anymore, unfortunately. But that was I, I had to like rent a tent from NC State kind of thing. That was 
I didn't even have a tent or a sleeping bag or a pad. And I tented for the first time in a field full of other mountain bikers. And we did that like five years in a row and I was hooked on camping. What then, do you mean? Um, that's not a cool he, story. Yeah. Well, that's an awesome on, story. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Liz, what did you do? <laughs> it's so lame from here. I'm just kidding. No, that was, that was, I thought about that after you were talking about how you, you used to camp all the time. I was like, huh, I guess the first time I really started camping was the mountain bike racing. Um, which I mean was so much fun. I wish that they still did 24 hour races here in the East because uh, it was, it was just a blast to be sleep deprived and exhausted and a little drunk and racing my mountain bike. <laughs> Anyways, that's, I digress. When we were getting married, we registered at REI for all this backpacking gear because Steven thought it would be a great idea to give it a try. We got some backpacking gear and gave it a go for a couple trips and he, he didn't really like it, but I completely fell in love with it. I, I loved the idea of getting so high up into the mountains that there weren't bugs chirping anymore and, and, uh, and being in an area that not a whole lot of people get to see. It was like Lauren said, it was empowering to, to know that I can survive on my own, which is what I can carry. And I mean, part of that's probably because I'm, you know, five foot nothing. And, uh, I can actually carry enough for me to survive, which is kind of impressive to myself. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I haven't been able to stop since really. So, I mean, but both of you all kind of spoke to that, the willing, I wouldn't say realization, but kind of the, the, the growing in the knowledge that you all can fend for yourselves for lack of a better term. But I I think one of the things that, and we, we can get to this later in the, in the next section, if you will, but, what was what was it like for the first time for you all sleeping outside? Like mm. what what was like I the, the visceral feelings? <laughs> I didn't sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh shoot. I, no. I still don't sleep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I used to have to wear uh ear ear uh plugs just so I could drown out enough of the sounds so I could sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, well so, oh sorry, go ahead. No, that, that that's interesting you say that, Liz, because that's everyone's like, it's so quiet in the woods. They go, no, it's not. No. Nighttime in the woods mm-hmm. is really loud. There's always stuff walking around. There's always wind, but it's mm-hmm. almost relaxing in a sense <laughs> because you're not separated from this. You're not insulated from the rest, from nature, which I think is one of the coolest things possible, unless you know there's a bear around. Then that well, so, so <laughs> that, that is another, that might be another section story. Um, I now have a very hard time actually backpacking um, and sleeping in the woods um, because I did have a bear incident. Ooh. Oh gosh! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, I don't know if that's that's now or later, but um, go, go go ahead and tell the story now. There okay, yeah, so <laughs> um, I decided to go backpacking. I was with two other um, women. We were all in our separate tents, and um, you were with two other bears, and that's why you had a right? lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Just you, you would not think that they would misbehave. Um, right. You forgot but, all the honey, and then it just right? turned into it's a just, terrible. It was situation. it was a mess. It was a mess. So we were out there, and we had done what we were supposed to be doing had the bear hang. There were a few things um, that I had noticed that I didn't quite agree with. 
from some of the other women where it was, uh, that's a pineapple scented wet wipe that probably shouldn't be used to wipe down <laughs> the oh, no. dining area. But, oh God. <laughs> right. So anyway, so that just sets the stage. Um, so, but we did, we hung our, hung our food, you know, 50 yards away. Um, at that point in time, um, the bear canisters were not a requirement like they are today. Um, so we just hung it, we hung it on rope. We set it in a tree, let it, let it be. Um, and that was that. So I went to bed ah, one o'clock or so in the morning, I hear real heavy footsteps outside my tent and I'm listening for what it is. And then I hear breathing right outside my tent and I go into, Oh, oh boy. Oh, that's, Jesus. that's not, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you have a bear situation, um, they're real smart. So at that point, all you do is just say, go away, bear, go away. So that's what I was saying. I was go away, go away. Um, I did have a, a whistle on my backpack, um, fortunately. So I was whistling and just trying to get it to go away. Meanwhile, the other women were like, it's just a deer. It's fine. I'm like, it, mm. it was it was breathing outside my tent. It was not a deer. <laughs> I heard the breath. It was not a deer. Right. <laughs> um, you know bear breath. I know bear breath. Okay. I, that was know, bear breath. That was bear breath. So anyway, <laughs> so try to go back to sleep. Um, knowing that there was a bear right outside my tent really wasn't succeeding. So next thing I know, we're hearing in the direction of where our food bag was hung, we're hearing pots and pans. And then we hear a thud and it's pots and pans along with the thud. And we're like, oh, that's not good. So we all get out of our tents, shine the flashlight over that direction, barely catch enough light, or there's barely enough enough light to be able to catch eyeballs. Mm. But it wasn't just one set of eyeballs. Come to find out, it was Mama Bear and her three cubs. Oh, and shit. <laughs> that Mama Bear sent her cubs up into the tree to go get the food. Smart, smart. Um, <laughs> because the kid was able to, like, the cub was able to go up and swat it out. Um, Mama Bear couldn't have done that, but but the kids got to watch out for those baby bears. Um, she was delegating. She's right? a good delegator. <laughs> she was a great. She, she knew how to instruct. Um, so anyway, so they went and had their way with our food, ate all the sardines. They came back the next morning, all four of oh. them. So, Lord. needless to say, Lauren, are we talking to a ghost right now? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I got real big and I said, go away, bear. And they listened. Wow. Um, I mean, in so few words, there were a lot of, it was, it was close to the Appalachian Trail. Um, and so they were just used to people and mm. they were used to getting food uh, for that exact reason. And so they're smart. They're smart cookies. Um, but anyway, so when you ask about sleeping in the woods, I didn't used to have the fear. But now I have the fear. Liz Liz has seen me with the fear. I have seen the fear. <laughs> <laughs> what was that leaf crinkle? They're here. <laughs> Lauren, we're on my deck right now. Like that was just a squirrel, probably. <laughs> Squirrels so anyway. are just tiny bears. <laughs> but however, this wow. is not, this is not to dissuade any listeners from going backpacking. That's just my own personal right. experience. And I still go backpacking and I just put earplugs in and don't sleep. It's fine. <laughs> Bottom line, if there's a sign that says there may be bears in the area, just just pay attention to it because there are bears in the area. 
the more you know. <laughs> That's right. Bottom line, I'm alive. It's fine. It's fine. Go backpacking. Yeah. It's an adventure. Sleeping in the woods. It's great. It's so peaceful, but not. Oh, like both my parents are, are slash were slash still are super into the outdoors. And I think like yourself, Lauren, our vacation. So my dad is uh, a lovely human being, but he's, he loves nature. He loves backpacking. He's also a cheapskate. So you know what the cheapest family vacations are? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Car camping. Now, gr- granted, we did do some pretty awesome trips around the world to go backpacking. But regardless, it was uh, so we like I grew up. I think I got my first backpack when I was five. And my first overnight backpack trip was a half a mile up the trail to the campsite and a half mile back. My backpack contained my, you know, a couple shirts and my teddy bear. And the marsh and the marshmallows that we were going to use to make s'mores. Um, so that's how I got my start. But I was also this nervous wreck of a little kid. So I was. My parents were pretty chill, and they they go with the flow, and they're they're just. I think they they they've experienced enough shit in their life that not a whole lot faces them these days. But so when I was growing up. And we would all, and we went backpacking out west a few times. And I was all I did. I was a, a ver, I was I really liked backpacking, but I was also a voracious reader. So mm-hmm. I would always go and read all the books in the uh, in like the ranger stations they had. And I happened upon a book called Bear Attacks, and we were out we were out in the in Wyoming. And oh, I was terrified. I was like, we're going to get eaten by a grizzly bear. I guarantee you. So I was basically freaking out. I said, dad, we have to buy a shotgun. We have to buy bear spray. <laughs> my dad's like, no, we're not doing that at all. The compromise was my parents bought both my sister and I bear bells, which bear bells are, t- are little bells that you tie to your shoelaces. So every time you walk, it, it like jingles. <laughs> Arguably, and apparently, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but um, they they got lost over the course of the backpacking trip. Consequently, they were found again at the very bottom of my mother's backpack, wrapped in a bunch of socks. So, uh, I, I I hear wow. you. I hear you on the fear of bears. Um, it is a running joke in my family from here. Like my sister for my birthday one year literally got me a pack of cards. I still have them here somewhere. That's uh, bear prevention techniques. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's me in the outdoors, y'all. So yes. I, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a special. Nice. <laughs> uh, I used to be scared to walk by windows in upstate New York because I thought that the bears would be able to break through the windows and get me. That's, that was me growing up as a child. Um, I've always had a, I've, I've almost always had a dog with me. So if my dog reacts to something, then I start getting nervous. Um, but for the most part, I mean, if, if she's sleeping and not raising the alarm, then I feel like I could probably settle as well. So I, I would kind of like to hear, cause what we kind of try and do on these episodes is try and get to kind of the 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 point where you realized and kind of because everybody kind of has a story about the, kind of the subject that we're talking about about how you realized you were like an a, an obsessed fanatic about the subject. So I would like to hear from Liz and Lauren, kind of a like what was the trip that made you think like, and I guess we kind of well you know 
expound on kind of what made what was the trip that made you think I love backpacking and we can start getting into bike packing. Um, but I love being out in the woods. I love being carrying my own stuff. Like what was that catalyst where you're like, okay, I want to keep doing this and plan a bigger trip and plan a longer trip and plan, you know, to go with other people who are passionate about this kind of hobby or, and sport and lifestyle. Like what was kind of that sticking point for you guys? Okay. I was about to say, I have one in mind. It's, it's kind of a funny story because it does not, um, shed me in a, in a wonderful light. Um, oh, no. I, I love self-deprecating stories. They're the best, right? Okay. So I think it was my third, my fourth backpacking trip it was the first time I went with my friends, Kim and Blake, and, uh, we decided to conquer this wilderness out in the, uh, Western part of the state called the Joyce Kilmer wilderness. What's really neat about this wilderness is it um, it has the last old growth forest of North Carolina. So there's a memorial forest that has the greatest concentration of the old growth trees, but the big trees are also kind of just dispersed within the, the wilderness as well. So it's really cool. You'll walk around passing normal oaks and then all of a sudden there'll be this gigantic poplar that just soars to the sky and that's just really neat. That was why we wanted to go there. So we made a plan to do a two-night trip in April of 2015, I think, something like that. And we get there. We get to the trail. We'd find out it's supposed to rain that night. So we decided to change it from a two-nighter to a one-nighter. And we, But we carry everything just in case. We hike up the trail that, um, that we had picked, which was called uh, Naked Gap, I believe. I am... Um, strongly encourage you to not google that that's not (laughs) too late oh no (laughs) (laughs) so you you hike up naked gap and you get to the you get to naked gap and that it's just a saddle between two mountains but it's got this magnificent view of the valley with lake santitla down there and it was just the most beautiful view i have ever seen from a camping site um and that just it, it totally took my breath away we we camped overnight. Some other guys ended up joining us in the evening. Uh, we they we shared a, a fire kind of thing, and they're like, "Oh well, we had planned to just turn around and go straight back down that trail since we knew where we were." And they're like, "Well, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna do an out and back for one night, you should at least go up this the trail and then take this other trail down. It, it brings you back down to where your cars are parked." We figured since they had um, done this hike before that they knew better. Um, but that was not necessarily the right thing to think. Um, turns out the next morning that the trail that we thought we were taking, that we thought that they had pointed at was not the trail that they had intended to point at. And oh, no. we accidentally went down the other side of the mountain into the slick rock wilderness, which is the other side of that mountain divide. We didn't realize that we had done that until we were too far gone and we were oh, facing no. a, like a five mile climb to get back to where we had started. Oh my gosh. So instead, we decided to keep on going and try to find the nearest uh, nearest parking spot, which when we finally got to it, it ended up being the Natahala Forest. <laughs> we ended up in three Holy different cow. forests by the time we were done with this trip. Um, 
it kind of it all culminated to us being just absolutely exhausted because we had hiked down the hardest trail in the Slick Rock Wilderness, unbeknownst to us, and we were physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted. I had shoved this like four person tent back in my bag, and it was wet because it had rained the night before. Uh, before, so I was probably carrying like almost almost fifty pounds on me with everything. We we dropped our packs at the parking spot. Um, we were really hoping there was a car there. There was not, of course. And I ran, physically ran up the next mountain so that I could get a signal enough to call Steven and ask him to send us a rescue. We, oh my gosh. I, I actually cow. called him and asked him to send us a cab. Turns out cabs don't go into the mountains. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so um, he graciously called the Graham County Rescue Squad and um, they came and rescued us with a with a box of apple fritters and a smile on their face, and we all oh. felt like giant boobs because <laughs> we had taken these guys away from their evening meals just because we didn't want to camp anymore. <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. Um, anyway, the, that so that that trip just went terribly, right? You know, we we get to the, the the campsite was beautiful, but we didn't end up seeing anything else that we wanted to see. We ended up getting um, what I call misplaced, not lost, misplaced. Right. <laughs> um, and and then we get into Asheville. We end up crashing with my friend Anthony because there's n- absolutely no hotels open that had. Uh, there must have been some sort of convention in town. I have no fucking idea. Uh oh, I cursed. Anyways, um, <laughs> my God, Liz, Liz, have, you, no. have you heard this podcast before? <laughs> I listen to every episode. Yeah. Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) we what what made me realize that I had been turned into a crazy person and and um, was hooked was that about two days after we had gotten back from that terrible trip, my friend Kim and I looked at each other. We're like, I want to go back to the same place really soon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we actually went back in August of that of that year and redid what we had intended to do and had an amazing trip. Saw the most beautiful place I have ever seen in this in North Carolina. I, I still haven't seen something better and I've I've done a lot of backpacking since. Um, I've been there one other time since then and I plan to go back again this year. Thing is, though, uh, Joyce Kilmer, it, it keeps on punishing me. Every time I go back, something else bad happens. Oh, gosh. So the wilderness hates me, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the other two times I've gone, the second time, a dog ran away for a half an hour. Um, mm. He came back without his pack, so he had no dog food after that. Um, and oh, then the third time I went, Mazzy ran away for two hours. Oh, um, I had to go back to the um, the trailhead and search for her, and somebody had picked her up and gave her a an egg salad sandwich and was trying to contact me, but there's no freaking signal <laughs> out there. And it was a mess. Um, so yeah, <laughs> sorry, I just <laughs> I like the image of a dog eating an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> oh, God, it was so funny. These people are like, I know she oh. was lost, and you were probably terrified, but I was. <laughs> They're like, yeah, so she seemed really hungry, so we gave her an egg salad sandwich. I'm like, 
I would have eaten an egg salad sandwich too, but she did have breakfast this morning. <laughs> right, yeah. Have you, it's like, have you met a dog before? They always seem hungry. Right? <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Gosh, thank you so much, Liz. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Lauren, we kind of heard your story about why you're, you maybe shied away from backpacking now, but um, if we could hear more about kind of like ragbri and bikepacking, yeah. I, I would... That'd be really oh, cool. And Lauren, you can't forget oh. about your uh, your Mont Blanc trip. Oh yeah. Well, well. So oh, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. more. Just I ha- I've I've done some um, exploratory backpacking out in um, in Europe a little bit. Um, so while we're still on backpacking, um, I'll go into a couple trips that I did there. Um, I did one, so I was in Germany in 2015. It started off as a work trip, but after that work portion, I wanted to stick around. So I said, I'm going to take advantage of this. My former boss was gracious enough. She lived in Germany at the time. So she was gracious enough to let me keep my work things at her house. I ended up taking me, myself, and my backpack, and we... We being me and my backpack, it just became plural. And we explored uh, we explored the countryside, went and each day I would get up and get on the train. Didn't have final destination yet. So I'd get on the train and figure out where I was going that day. Um, I would book a hostel while I was on the train and say, all right, that's, that'll be my destination. Um, do a little bit of research beforehand. Um, and it was such an adventure getting out not living in the confines of a plan, not living in the confines of somebody telling me what I had to do. And the other thing that was nice too, at that point I was doing um, it by myself. Um, I didn't have to worry about being the sole decision maker for everybody else and worried about, well, are they going to be on board with this? Are they not going to be on board with this? And there's a time and place for everything. But in this particular instance, it was really neat being able to just be fully responsible and fully just in charge of my own decisions um, in that sense of I, I'm not worried about other people. I'm not worried about, eh, I guess it was kind of a selfish mentality, but however. Um, so it was me and the backpack and we first started off at a small ski village um, in the Alps. Um, it was the Austrian-Germany border. And I decided to do a day hike Um Essentially, it ended up being a day hike up a mountain. How that happened, um, I started wandering. I was at the bottom of the mountain and I figured, well, I could either go up the ski lift, get halfway up and then climb the rest of the way up uh, or hike the rest of the way up. But then I heard cowbells. And so I just started wandering. And then I realized, oh, there's a trail here. And so I just kept wandering. And I think that was the day that that wanderlust hit where I learned that it's totally okay to not have a plan. And because this was the very beginning of this trip too, I just started walking and I kept walking and, and I kept walking and twists and turns. I was on a trail. So I knew that it was going to lead to somewhere. I did have a map, so I did have a little security blanket, um, but I just kept going up and up and up. Um, and eventually I found the first tier where the first ski lift would let off, um, found myself some food, and was able to continue up the rest of the way. And then I had to hike all the way back down um, that same that same day. And that ended up being all the way from the bottom up to the top, all the way back down. Um, really neat adventure. 
um, <laughs> later that day, I got back to the village and I decided I was going to have a dinner uh, just to myself before going back to the hostel. There were some school kids there. So I said, I'm just going to have a nice, quiet, quiet dinner in town. What I hadn't accounted for is that it was the off season in a ski village in the German Alps. Mm. <laughs> so lots, lots of options. Lots right? of right. options. <laughs> so I get done with dinner and I go to get the bus come to find out the bus had gone uh, its last route already. So I'm like, okay, no, no problem. No problem. That's fine. I'll I'll find a taxi. Well, come to find out there's no taxis either. So so I start wandering and I'm like, well, let me pull out my phone to see how far it is. Do I, can I walk there? It was another seven kilometers back to the hostel up a mountain road in the dark. And my battery was critically low. Like, well, great now what do i do so i actually ended up going and um i found a gas station i had passed it uh, previously i decided to walk back that way because at this point i'm thinking okay it's me in a park bench i don't speak this language i learned a little bit but not enough um so as i was walking past the gas station there was a gentleman that was there that was pumping gas and so i ended up asking said gentleman that was pumping gas in the best German that I could figure out at the time, if he could give me a ride back to the hostel. And he was very generous and very gracious. And he did. <laughs> um, but, but that also showed the goodness of people come to find out um, as we were talking, you know, I had my hand um, next to the door uh, handle, very close to the door handle. Like if I needed to jump, I was ready. Um, but he didn't seem like he would do anything, but that's what they all say. Um, but anyway, right. we were talking again, he didn't really speak much English. I didn't speak much German, but we were able to communicate enough. And, um, he sold the Lederhosen and the Dirndls in town. And so I would have gone and gotten one, but the train the next day left before that, the rest of that trip, just exploring and adventuring, choosing your own ending, I was scared going into it, but I didn't let that fear hold me back from what I was able to find on the other side of going into it. Um, especially that first time when I stepped off the platform, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I doing? I am literally here. I don't have a destination. I don't have a plan. And then you just went mm. and it was it was amazing. Um, I ended up landing in, in Switzerland, um, did some hiking in the Swiss Alps. So that was, I think, my first soiree into European style backpacking. Um, because then that ended up bringing me back this past year. I did a another European adventure out and hiked the Tour du Mont Blanc. Pardon my horrendous French accent. Do not speak French. Um, <laughs> speak it about as much as I speak German, which... It got me a ride. So this one was a a backpacking adventure where we were going um, hut to hut. And so we didn't have to have tents, which was nice because that would have been a lot of weight. But overall, it's around 100-ish miles, 35,000 feet of climbing throughout the course of the whole trail. It began and and ended in the town of Chamonix, France, um, and it went through... Uh, down through Italy, um, up and around through Switzerland, and then back into France. And European hiking and European backpacking is very different than American, um, the American version. So when I was planning the trip, I was trying to anticipate how much food do I bring? So how much how much weight am I going to be carrying in snacks, in food? How many tuna packets do I need to bring for lunches? And they said, oh, no, you'll be fine. 
And my anticipation is, okay, a hundred mile, this is a, this is a seven day stretch, a hundred miles. I won't be Mm -hmm. fine. My, my imagery is the, the Appalachian trail, for example, where you're in the wilderness, um, you're fending for yourself and you're going to be lucky if you find a, essentially a bed to sleep in that night. I mean, you can plan it out. So there's the little huts that you can stay in, but European hiking and backpacking, there are little huts every, oh, I don't know, three or four miles. Um, and they end up being cafes. Um, so it's a cafe. It's almost like a hostel. Um, we had a group of, there were seven of us, um, plus our, our guide that we had. And you get there and you're able to take a warm shower. I mean, it was, I, I felt really spoiled as a backpacker. I'm like, this is backpacking. Well. I guess so. I mean, I'm hiking, I'm hiking, but yeah. Um, and the thing that was even better, so back to the food part, they're like, oh no, you'll be fine. Don't worry about what you bring. Like you'll have more food than you ever know what to do with. And I just didn't know what that meant or what that looked like. So I still had my bag of like security snacks, but that first night that we got to our first hut. So at first they brought out, um, some soup and I thought, okay, well, I guess uh, I'll be hungry. Well, then they brought out cheese okay, cool. There's cheese. And then they brought out bread. Oh, okay. There's a bread course. All right. And then they brought out, um, sausage, uh, like a big sausage course. Okay. There's more food. And then they brought out, um, they called them in, in French princes potatoes, which, uh, pr- uh they're basically the scallop potatoes, uh, potatoes, are cheesy potatoes, rich, cheesy potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then after that, I mean, this is already a four course meal. And then after that, they bring out this apple tart that they had just baked up. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, and so, but I mean, you, you worked hard that day. And so they fed you well that evening and with all the different huts each night, it was almost like they were trying to outdo the other huts. And so the meals were absolutely spectacular. They were unbelievable. Um, I would have never expected that to be the case. Um, And then during the day, you would pass more of these huts and you could grab a beer, you could grab lunch, you could grab a cappuccino, you could grab whatever you wanted. They had water spigots along the way. It was fresh mountain filtered water and oh, just, just flowing, free flowing. Um, so just go stick your water bottle underneath it. I mean, it was, it was luxurious by way of backpacking. I got That's real spoiled. Different. It's quite, <laughs> quite different. Um, wow. And you're in the Alps, so there's no mosquitoes. So needless. Well, to- Lauren, <laughs> thanks. So now we all feel super jealous. <laughs> all Liz's dog got was an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> we all make our choices, Daniel. We all make our choices. Apparently. <laughs> So anyway, oh, that, that's, awesome. that's what got me hooked on to, say, maybe some of the European-style hikes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go backpacking as long as I get a five-course gourmet meal along with it. Right? <laughs> I mean, there was panna cotta. There was braised short ribs. There was, you name it. It was delicious. <laughs> I mean, I like my freezer fried food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? I would so, hate to hear it, Lauren, after you, after you did that trip that you were like, eh, I don't know if backpacking's for me. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Maybe, 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 no. Going off something both uh, Lauren and Liz talked about, both of you talked about kind of the empowerment you get when you go backpacking out in the backcountry and kind of fend for yourself. And I, I know, Lauren, you kind of talked about backpacking alone. Liz, have you done much backpacking alone? How, like, can you talk more about the, 
empowerment both of you feel being out in the wilderness, fending for yourself, kind of just losing yourself in the trees and the noise and the forest and the nature around you? I know we kind of touched on it briefly, both when you talked about it, but I would really like to get more about that. I have never gone on my own. Um, I've always had a, a couple people with me at least. I, as, as remote as, as you get out in the back country, I, I always like to have a, a person there. I, I'm not, a, not everybody's like that, but that's just how my preference is. And maybe someday I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, get enough hair in my chest to give it a go for just, just a solo. <laughs> um, but it, to the the way or the reason i guess the that what makes me feel empowered is it's the challenge of it you know it's not everybody can can plan a trip pack everything in their bag right throw it on their back and be like i'm going to carry this for the next you know 6 hours something like that just knowing that there's like this exclusive group of people that are willing to to give this challenge a try just makes it feel like like you know badass points or that sort of thing. Um, plus there's, you know, when you tell people stories of, of your backpacking trip, you can get so much farther back when you know, you don't have to turn around and head back to your car. So you're seeing things that the, you know, broader population are never going to see. And that's just mind blowing for one thing that they're going to miss it. And two, that, that, you know, you made the decision to do that and challenge yourself. When the last time I went backpacking, my older brother and I went to Kling's, Klingman's Dome mm-hmm. in Western North Carolina. And that was kind of something like we got off the trail. We had done a weekend out there and we asked this guy because like Klingman, yeah, I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> Klingman's Dome, there's like you can park your car and there's a lookout that people can go on to. And it's just like, people can just make a day of it by getting in their car and going to it. And like, there was this guy, like we got off the trail, like looking haggard, like just bear poop and deer poop all over us. Um, and what kind of, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of backpacking were you doing, Right. Daniel? Did you roll uh, in it? <laughs> <laughs> we had to uh, fight the predator. So we had to camouflage ourselves with mud and I poop see. and stuff. So. If you smell like it, they're not going to be offended that you're a human. Thank you, Lauren. You, you are you welcome. Have done, you have done European backpacking, which is what we had done. That's right. <laughs> so, no, but the, we asked this, just this random guy to take a picture for us. And we're like, yeah, we just got off the trail. Like, and you know, backpacking for two days. And he was like, my gosh, like I could, I could never do that. Like we're just here for like an hour. I was like, there's some certain locations where certainly some people can do it and others can't, but there's, there's almost like, you just have to kind of beat that hurdle to empower yourself to kind of do it. And I know some people can't physically do it, but the people who, have kind of it have it in their mind that they can't do it. I I, I don't know. I'm sure they could. No, I, but I, I, I would agree. I'm just rambling. I, I sorry. Go ahead, Lauren. No, I I think it's it's right. It's the mental game. Um, and it is it it is terrifying being out there in the darkness in the in the night. But you have to be stronger than it. And for me, I I don't want it to hold me back. I don't want that fear to prevent me from doing the things that I want to do. And so 
I'll still go out and I'll still do it. I'll still go out. I'll still sleep in the woods because I, there was a bear out there at one point. doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Um, right. And if you let that fear hold you back, then you're never going to be able to experience the other side of it. You're never going to be able to experience that empowerment, that feeling of, hey, you know what? I just did that. Most people can't, that feeling that you were talking about, Liz. Um, and and like those guys that you were talking about too, Daniel, like if you if you just stay in your couch, you're not going to experience that joy and satisfaction of the badassery. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is uh there's something visceral, I think, about backpacking, even apart from bike packing or mountain biking that I enjoy. And part of that's just this kind of, re- and this is going to sound super woo woo. Um, it's like the reconnection with nature <laughs> aspect. Like the last time I went, like I purposely didn't bring my phone. So like my dad did, but it was primarily, so we had a camera, but I remember like, it was one of the first times that I was able to like, look up at the stars and like really think about it for a long time. And it was also another way for me. Like I really enjoy doing outdoor activities with my father because he's, he's an awesome dude. He's a weird dude, but he's an awesome dude. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it really is one of these times where like he and I can connect and not be distracted by like work emails coming through or phone calls or text messages. Um, and I remember like the first time I, I experienced that I was much younger, but we were out in Utah backpacking and we were, we'd been out for a week and every evening it was gorgeous, like clear skies. And it was the first time I had seen the Milky Way in its entirety, like zero light pollution. And oh, the night sky was just completely illuminated. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you would like, we as a family would just sit outside after we'd like gotten done, you know, cleaning up camp and everything and getting ready to turn it and just like stare up at the stars. And like, like I said, as woo, as woo as that sounds, there's just something very, very just visceral and immediate about that type of kind of experience where you're just not influenced by anything else other than nature that's around you. And, you know, in that case, my family, which was really, really nice. So no, that's a yeah. 100% to that. Um, you know, it's funny. People were commenting to me, Lauren, you are, are you always this happy? Um, because I end up getting in those situations and I realize that I am the best version of myself when I am out there. Um, mm. And so, no, I'm not always that happy. But do you see where we are right now? <laughs> have you have you opened your eyes and looked at the scenery? And I mean, that sure that was the Alps, but I'll get that way in, you know, in our, our little areas. I mean, even in, in Umstead, even in some of these little local parks, have you seen where we are? We are so fortunate to be able to be in these spaces. I think I'm the um, smelliest of, of, I am on, on these trips. <laughs> okay, there's that. That's the goal. <laughs> so, but Liz, you, you, like, I, I think you would agree that after two or three days, you just kind of become immune from the smell. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, you just have to stay out. You have to stay out long enough so so that like the the dirt clogs the, uh, the olfactory. Right. I uh, uh, I have um, so I'm Italian. If you couldn't tell, and um, and I have a very I, I like to say that olive oil f- flows through our, our veins. Well, when you're Italian, mm-hmm. and uh, that might actually be true because there's this one trip that I was on with um, Kim and Blake, and I, I warned them. I told them I was like, you know, you know we. 
one day trips, no big deal. I look gross the next day, but it's it's pretty manageable. But on day two, it's going to be a lot worse. <laughs> and she didn't believe me until I woke up the next day and I looked like I was straight out of grease lightning. And um, <laughs> it, it, there was no taming the the shine on my face. <laughs> She's like, whoa, okay, I believe you now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't think it gets better with, with time for me. I think um, when I do this week trip with Kim coming up this year, I think I'm just going to have to not take pictures of myself for a couple of days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's the wonderful thing about it. There are no mirrors. There are no uh, right. mirrors. In, uh, yeah, when, except when Kim's another gym. photographer. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Never mind. Well, oh, no. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, we also want to talk about bike packing as well because i think yeah. that's the you know all four of us on this call met through a cycling team or a cycling group or whatever you want to call us um mm. uh, our our roving two-wheeled band of misfits <laughs> a cycling um, retinue if you will oh, oh sorry yes wow. review oh um <laughs> i'm just trying to be french like lauren <laughs> oh you did a great job you did a great job we <laughs> we oh. um, <laughs> And so like, you know, for both Liz and Lauren, both of whom you all have invested in some very nice gravel bikes mm-hmm. and bike slash bikepacking, bikepacking bikes, what, mm-hmm. what has been that, that evolution of like dabbling in or at least of interest in bikepacking and how does that relate to your history backpacking and kind of the adventuring you do on two feet instead of two wheels? Oh, I, I just real quick for me, I, I was thinking about this a minute ago. It kind of solves this, the problem of I want to see these sites, but this gravel road is really boring to walk on for this long. So a bike makes it so much faster and you can see you can cover so much more ground and see some pretty magnificent things at the same time. I haven't considered the you know out west bike packing quite yet i don't think i'm quite to that caliber yet you know the sights that you can see out there would be even more magnificent but lauren's actually the one that's done a little bit as so so it's more adventure riding um and just going out for the sheer fun of all you have to do is get from point A to point B which i guess maybe was the appeal also of mount blanc which is also maybe the appeal of backpacking you just get from point A to point B. And we get so caught up in our world of everything and busy, 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 that taking a step back and having, that's your one task, you can just enjoy the heck out of it. And and so I did RAGBRAI, which um, stands for the Registers Annual Great Bike Ride Across Iowa. It I did that. I've done that two years in a row, with the, or not in a row, um, but I, I did that two years, a number of years ago. And it was such an adventure. I mean, it's basically a rolling party on wheels. Um, you get up and your whole goal is to get to the next town. Um, it's In a way, it's cheating bikepacking because you you have the option to carry your own gear, but there's so many different charter services and services that can carry your gear that you just don't carry your gear. Um, so I went and was I did a service... Um, one of the charter services, but you just go and you see the different towns, um, in the Midwest, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of soy fields. There's some wind fields. There's, believe it or not, there's hills. Um, I learned that Iowa is actually pretty hilly in certain spots. 
wouldn't have ever guessed that. Um, but the first year that I did it, um, it was more or less a magical experience. Um, had the time of my life. I don't think I slept at all. You know, I might've been, uh, was I drunk the whole time? Not the whole time, but just, <laughs> yeah. just had a blast. Um, lived, lived up ragbri. Um, and I got back and I said, I got to go do this again. And so I did it again the next year. And just, it's almost like summer camp as an adult. <laughs> um, so again, not true bike packing. Oh, that's right. And I forgot before I even did any of that, I first, the first big trip that I did was actually across North Carolina. And for me, cycling, I just want something that's going to fill my time, bring me community and bring me joy. And if it's not that's making, a lot to ask for, Lauren. Let it's me tell a lot. You. Well, I, no, <laughs> it's pretty. Kidding. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Just, just don't be an asshole. You're good. Um, <laughs> not, not you guys, but like just overall. Um, like Adam said, a lot to ask. Yeah. For. <laughs> <laughs> have you met cyclists, Lauren? Goodness I have. gracious! <laughs> like, okay, it's a lot to ask. You're right. <laughs> and you're a roadie. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bikepacking and adventure riding. Not all the roadie people. <laughs> I started off, I went on the trip in North Carolina. I did Cycle North Carolina. Um, that was another trip where I showed up by myself. Ended up developing a community of people. Like there was a group that ended up more or less adopting me from the first hour that I walked on the bus. They're like, oh, you can come, you can be friends with us. Granted, the general demographic of the Cycle North Carolina crew as more or less retired. So I, <laughs> I stood out like a sore thumb. It was like, what are you doing here? I don't know. I'm riding, I'm riding my bike across the state. Why not? Um, right. <laughs> why not? Right. Right. But it was something to do. Um, and again, there was a, there was a service that hauled my stuff. So I haven't done much by way of, again, true bike packing. Um, I just got my adventure gravel bike to be able to mm. outfit. And honestly, I cannot wait to get out and outfit it and explore and see where the road takes me. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Same. Yes. Man. Can't wait. Adam, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss? Liz, Lauren, is there anything else you wanted to discuss? The only thing I wanted to add real quick to the bike packing is, um, I think the novelty of the distance is another part of mm. what makes it so intriguing. It's the idea that you can ride so far in one trip and it, that just makes it like uh, another one of those challenges that you want to want to do. Hmm. That's a great yeah, point. I think that's the neat thing about bikepacking is the potential to start combining those two. And that is definitely hmm. one of draws to bikepacking for me, at least at some point in time is being able to cover a lot more distance, but also being able to um, still get those like really like adventure esque type experiences as well. Instead of doing instead of doing loops on bandit trails here in North Carolina, right? Not right. that I would. Wait. Not that any of us would ever do that. No, ever. Adam. What? what bandit trails? <laughs> well, we're taking you in. I'm breaking a curfew and stay at home to just arrest you for riding on bandit trails. Wow, <laughs> you butthead. <laughs> butthead. Yeah, take that. <laughs> yeah. Really, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for sharing all the stories. Well, thanks for having us. This has been fun. This yes. has been, this has been fun. 
<laughs> thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, That's thank good. you guys so much for talking with Adam and I. I'm I'm a little concerned for your listeners for this episode because there is there are zero dick jokes. Well, oh, there's this, still oh, time. This is our this is the section. All right, Adam, what's your best? What's what was the dick joke you heard this week? Oh gosh. Dick joke of the week. <laughs> this is a new section. Uh, I don't think I agreed to this. It's okay. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Thank you, Lauren. Bringing yeah. it all back around. Oh, it's now both, passion both, fruits. Both, yeah. both your faults. Wow. Yeah, this almost like became a serious podcast. What the hell, guys? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We, we brought it back. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, th- uh, again, seriously, thank you guys so much for talking with us. Adam, shall we hop into recommendations? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Lauren and Liz, as I'm sure you both know, each episode we do recommendations. This can relate to the subject that we've talked about. Really, it's kind of uh, Adam and I suggesting and recommending things to each other that we've kind of really been excited about that doesn't really warrant a full episode, but something that we want to talk about and recommend to each other. Mm. Last time, Adam, you recommended to me the movie 1917. Yes. And I watched it. Yeah. And it was good. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I'm I'm a fan of war movies. And frankly, there aren't a lot of World War One movies that I've seen. But I really enjoyed the movie and how they crafted the then how they hid the fact that it was supposed to be one continuous shot, but that it was actually multiple shots um, right. that made it seem like one continuous shot. But yeah, the cinematography you know because we're all cinephiles on this podcast we can talk about the cinematography (laughs) and the acting it was i i had wanted to see it and i'm really glad i got to see it um on my tv (laughs) because it was uh really really good and um yeah i appreciate the recommendation good i'm glad um what what did you recommend to me last time Oh, that means you totally did it, right? <laughs> I think I, I think I actually did. <laughs> okay, I, I, Adam. Listened to, I listened to the album "Sickness Divine" by Red Death. Okay, so that was two episodes ago. What did you Dang think it. of that? I thought it was good. It, you know, not totally my cup of tea. A little bit more, a little bit too punk oriented for uh, for for exactly my this. But it was good. It was solid. God, I listened to that today, and I was like rocking out in my car and just freaked some old people out. It was amazing. <laughs> Last time I recommended to you the album by Melvin's A Senile Animal. Did you I, listen to that? I did not listen to that. I'm I'm sorry, you recommended that and then Lamb of God came out with two brand new singles and I was like, nope, Okay, Adam <laughs> So when you when they're singles from a band, do you just go back and forth, back and forth? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't that ruin the album for you? Nope. <laughs> ah, you're such a you're such a singles guy. You're ruining the music industry. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Me, Steve Jobs, and I, you know, uh, conspired to ruin the music industry. One yep. ninety-nine cent song at a time. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, well, please listen to a senile animal by Melvin's. I, 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 I think you would enjoy it. You um, friend. So, <laughs> so yes, Liz and Lauren, any recommendations for us? Um, I have, uh, this one YouTube video I've been doing a lot recently. It, oh no. Um, yes. 
It's well, it's by this lady. It's a it's a fitness thing, so it's not that cool. Um, it's by this this lady that her channel is called Mad Fit, I believe, and it's a thirty minute stretch up uh, episode, and she just it, she runs you through thirty minutes of pretty dancer specific stretching and it, it focuses really heavy on the hamstrings and the legs and being in the hip flexors. And it, I've done it many times in a row now and it just makes me feel fantastic. Um, hmm. so that's my recommendation. Everybody needs to stretch. So it's a good one. Interesting. As everybody knows, I'm, I'm terrible about watching stuff on YouTube, but I was talking with, um, uh, some older folk who mentioned that they have been wanting to get into what they called elderly yoga. And I was like, I need to, uh, cause I'm totally not flexible at all. So I need to get into yoga as well. Thank you. Uh, mad fit on YouTube. Thank you, Liz. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Okay. So my recommendation is actually going to come inadvertently through Liz. She doesn't know this yet. Um, but oh God, Liz uh -huh. ended up, uh, gifting me a, paint by number at the beginning of COVID. Cool. Yeah. And it was spectacular. I got addicted to it to the degree of addiction of it might not have been healthy how fast I did it um, <laughs> because it was so addicting. And um, so I'm going to recommend if you ever just need a stress relief, don't, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do the whole thing in like two weeks. Um, but a paint by number is surprisingly a great way to be able to unwind at the end of a day. I'm sure nice. I'm sure all of your listeners would be really excited to know that tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think that's awesome. Yeah. So we all we all need that now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Lauren and Ann Liz, are do you have a specific like paint by numbers kit or brand that you recommend? Mm. Adam's no, all about the brand. There's a ton of them on Amazon. Yeah. Um, uh, they range in price from like $10 to like $40. And they're, oh my God. they're, they are very difficult. They, they <laughs> but they're are. totally they worth it. Cool. Adam. Sure. So I have two books that I'd like to recommend for oh anyone God. and everything. And then in a whole, oh, goodness gracious, Daniel. So, when did you oh. learn how to read Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. Gosh. All right. So we have a uh, uh, go spot or go dog, go <laughs> and see spot run. <laughs> and, and I graduated to the Berenstein bears chapter books uh, earlier this week. So, you know, all right, Adam, what are your two books? <laughs> so uh, I would imagine some of you all have read, at least one of these. So the first is a walk in the woods by Bill Bryson. Oh yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So fantastic book, you know, really funny. Um, and just like once again, like wonderfully introspective as well. And the movie isn't half bad either, but definitely read the book first. Um, and then one of my favorite books of all is uh, into thin air by John Krakauer. Um, and it's about this, it, it's about an Everest summit attempt and they actually made it into a movie as well. That was pretty terrible, but it's it it it, it it's this really interesting. John, I I enjoy John Krakauer as an adventure writer, and yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, an account of him attempting to climb Everest. So very very good. So two movie recommendations from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> and last, last but not least, Daniel. Yes. All right. 
So, Adam, I want to recommend you more music. One is for a band that I don't think you like. <laughs> Why would you recommend it to me then? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a fucking awesome album. Okay. Uh, Hit me. Um, okay. So here are my recommendations, Adam. Uh, first is, I know I recommended to you in like our first or second episode, the band Elder. Their um, album, Dead Root Stirring, which was their second album, which is kind of very stoner rock-ish. Well, they just came out with a new album last Friday um, called Omens that's more psychedelic rock than stoner rock and is um, amazing, is awesome, is like a true evolution of their sound. And I think you should listen to it because... I don't think you'll like it, and I want—I <laughs> want to punish you. <laughs> All right, I have three recommendations. I'm so oh, sorry, Adam. Gracious. So yeah. Okay. Oh, give me a break, Mister. <laughs> uh, a walk in the woods, the book and the movie, and then into thin air, the book and the movie. <laughs> so that, and then Fiona Apple also came out with an amazing album. Please listen to that because I would like to get your take on it because okay. I think it's something completely opposite of what you might listen to. And then, okay, so kind of tailing this off into the end of the episode. Um, I guessed it on a podcast called Have Not Seen This with Rafe Telsch. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. Uh, everybody should listen to the episode that I was on <laughs> talking about Edge of Tomorrow. But his podcast is really awesome. It's a movie podcast where people talk about, guests come on and talk about one of their favorite movies where it's like their favorite movie, but they're surprised that people have not seen the movie. So one of a couple of my favorite episodes of the podcast are his episode about the matrix and John wick, which has a lot of very good discussion. Um, so I think Adam, you should check out the podcast have not seen this and everybody should check out the podcast have not seen this because the host was very gracious to have my stupid ass on there and (laughs) let me talk about a stupid ass movie (laughs) for a good hour so yeah yes. i'll check i'll check that out i just uh followed it on spotify that's uh yeah, there's, right. the, there's some interesting stuff on here anyways cool hell yeah all right all right well liz and lauren thank you so much is there anything you guys want to plug you know your twitter handles or instagram i'm plugging here <laughs> oh that's what <laughs> covid <Bad. laughs> Lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Um, Adam, for our plugs, you can find us on Twitter at Passion Fruits P2. Oh my God, he got it. Yes. Instagram at <laughs> Passion Fruits Podcast. Uh, Gmail at Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com. And we have a stupid blog, which is <laughs> a lot of stupid fun uh, because we're 2000 late. Um, that can be found at passionfruitspodcast.home.blog. We are on every podcast app. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. Rate and review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. So yes, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, thank you. (laughs) 